0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Random Convo Podcast. This episode is going to be about me interviewing um, a TikToker, which has a pretty strong following, and his name is Rivas. Um, He basically covers anything from... Not, I wouldn't say theories, but I guess theories on some pretty cool and interesting topics that just make sense once you start to uh, look into them the way that he does. So... If you guys want to go check him out um, on social media, I have um, all his information within like the first minute or two of the episode starting and towards the end too. So hope you guys like it and enjoy this episode.
1: Hello. Hello there. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right, bro. How about you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. So my name's Oscar. I am the creator of the Random Cobble podcast and uh, for everyone listening, this is Rivas of at some universe um you can find him on tiktok and youtube he has a youtube um channel and i found out about him from uh tiktok so without further ado you want to introduce yourself there Rivus?
1: yeah um well i'm rivus orion i uh grew up in the blue ridge mountains of virginia oh, and uh wow. growing up you know i wasn't i never i was homeschooled growing up so i didn't get the uh the uh, public education system like most people did. So, I was able to focus a lot more on my own personal interests, and one of them was ancient history. But I really didn't dive into it until 2015 when I saw Randall Carlson on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he he you know opened up my mind to a completely different perspective of ancient antiquity when it came to what this planet has gone through. He specifically spoke about. The, uh, the cataclysmic event of the Younger Dryas and the potential of there being evidence of an impact event, likely from a comet that completely altered the climate of this planet, causing the mass megafauna extinction and completely decimating whatever was before. I mean, the level of floods we're talking about, well, to explain kind of what happened is, you know, during the Ice Age, you had 17 million square miles of ice two miles thick covering the planet. And when we came out of the ice age into our modern warmer temperature called the Holocene that we're experiencing right now, all of that ice melted rapidly and it had to go somewhere. So the ocean levels rose by 400 feet to where they are now in our modern day. And he was showing these land formations, for example, potholes, cataract in Washington state, uh, dry falls, Camas Prairie in Montana, where massive quantities of water Tore across the landscape from the melting of that glacial ice, and it was. And he goes on to talk about how it's likely this flooding event that gave birth to all of these world-ending flood myths all across the planet. Specifically, one most people know about is the Noah's Ark story from the Bible. Mm-hmm. The origin of that story is likely from this melting event from the glacial ice. And you know, when I've when he explained that, it just kind of like it threw me down this rabbit hole to where I couldn't get enough of this information. I was just like every, every day at work, I would turn on his podcast, geocosmic Rex or, or, you know, something else. I would honestly, you know, for a lot of the stuff, I would just type in, you know, whatever I was interested in, like, you know, the great pyramid lecture and just literally listen to a dude in front of a classroom, talk about, you know, history and, and these structures and, you know, do that for, for eight hours a day for five years. And you really, absorb a decent amount of information. So so you know I hear I have all this stuff in my head that I talk with my friends about but you know not a whole lot of people are interested. I mean there's some people that are interested but you know most people are just like oh yeah it's kind of cool. But uh when this coronavirus stuff took off at the beginning of March I went to go March I went to go live with up my excuse me. At the beginning of March I went to go live with my parents, you know, and help them out on the farm and you know uh just be away from everybody, because screw that. I don't want to be around none of that. And um, so I'm up there, and my younger sister comes up to me, and she's like, "You need to download TikTok." And I was like, "What's TikTok?" Because I had no idea what it was. So she explained it to me, and you know, I was like, "I don't think I'm going to be doing. I, I'm not interested in none of this. It's just a bunch of people dancing, doing a bunch of stupid stuff." And she's like, "No, you need to talk about your history stuff on there." So I was like, "Okay." So I made the TikTok, and I started talking about the Great Pyramid, and you know, the stuff I know off the top of my head. And by you know April. I think it was like April 17th or 18th. I I forget. I had 200,000 people following me. And I was like, holy crap. Um, That's a lot. And so I was kind of obligated at that point to continue to make videos. And so I did about a video a day, sometimes two, you know, consistently for a while there. And uh, just a few weeks ago, or I remember if it was last week or the week before, I hit 400,000 followers now and it's kind of taken off crazy and everybody wants to talk to me now i can't tell you how many requests i get of people like yo i want to have a conversation with you bro uh you're you're like the third podcast i've been on so far um so yeah that's kind of how i got here so just before you know getting on here with you i was uh i was actually looking up to start a new video. Cause I haven't been able to make any videos cause I just got done moving. I'm like in, I'm in a room of boxes and stuff right now. Cause we just got done moving to a new house and I'm sitting down like, all right, what can I think? What, what? I'm getting to the point now where I have so much content out there that I'm starting to have to like really think about what's the next video going to be because yeah. I'm kind of running, running out of the storage in my brain right now for what I do have. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I'm getting ready to talk about uh, Mohenjo-Daro and the connection between its writing and Easter Island. And if, for those of you who don't know, Mohenjo-Daro is in the Ingus Valley over in the Middle East. I want to say, uh, is it Afghanistan? I was just looking this up. I should remember this. Anyway, it's in the Middle East, but they have this, this type of writing all throughout this region that is extremely, extremely, almost identical to the type of writing we find over in Easter Island, which is on the complete opposite side of the planet. Yep. And for that to be a thing, that that shouldn't exist. They say it's a coincidence, but I mean, if you look at the characters, it's like, wow. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if somebody's writing in English over here and someone's also writing in English over there, you would say that they're both writing in English. Yep. Exactly. So, but that's what I was doing before we got on here, and that's kind of, kind of the dealio right now.
0: Yeah. So a little bit about how I came about your page. So same thing, like you said, like your sister put you on TikTok. She was like, hey, you know, download this app. Same thing happened to me. Um, I downloaded the app and I was like, you know, what is this? You know, like, I don't know what this is. It's just basically little short videos. So, you know, that little for you page or whatever, you know, random stuff pops up. And I remember like seeing your videos and I was like, wow, this is like actually makes sense. And I think one of the videos that I saw, the first ones that I saw was when you made the correlation between um The floods and how they impacted history in regards to when it was written and how it impacted the Bible. And I was like, wait a minute, that, that does make that does make sense because I've never thought of it in that way. Like here, the whole time I was over here thinking like, okay, yeah, you know, all these people that wrote all these ancient texts or whatever, they're just probably you know higher. Or... I don't know. <laughs> they just they were just writing out of their you know their ass. But yeah. Anyway, when, when i saw your video i was like holy hold up let me follow this guy so i looked at more of your videos and i was like wait a minute like this is this this makes sense honestly like so then um so i see more of your videos and i was like oh, okay and then um i started telling a lot of my friends i was like you guys should probably follow this guy like he has a lot of cool stuff like because growing up my favorite subject in school was history and science and um i always wondered you know i always thought to myself like okay a lot of the stuff that they teach you in, you know, in in class about like the world and stuff like that. It just, it just ends there, you know, obviously unless you take a, a class about it in, in college or, you know, you you delve further into it by your own research, but I'm just like, no, nah, there, there's more to it. So I've always had a fascination with history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, years later, you know, here I am on TikTok. I find your page and i was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna follow this guy. I'm gonna look at his videos. You know, I'm, it's, it's it's awesome. It's interesting. You know, I like him. Um, so you know, I have a couple questions here for you. Okay. Uh, let's see. You pretty much answered it. Our the first question was, you know, what started this infatuation with history, and it's you know, it's flaws and coincidences. You just said it with um, that professor. In a sense. Hmm. Um. Is there is there anything else that like, uh, or you just always loved history and things of oh. that nature.
1: I wouldn't say i've always loved history because honestly you know growing up reading history books it was the most boring thing on the planet i was more interested in like the artifacts and what we would find like you know like king tut like yeah. uh, the pharaoh king tuts golden death mask and you know j- just stuff we would find and how like when you're looking at some of these things it's it just you're like does, is that really when that was made is that really what that was for i mean there's this thing called this the shift disc i think is what it's called home i mean i need i need a confirm that hold on shift disc hold on give me one second Are you, good? you good? go ahead that is not it okay well <laughs> crap I don't remember its name but it, it's it's this disc that they found in Egypt that they say is for like uh, petals like they would it was a ceremonial disc that they would put like flowers and stuff on. Yeah. But when you have like actual engineers go over there and observe this thing, they're like, "No, this looks like part of a machine. This doesn't look like it, it's anything that's supposed to be ritualistic at all." Yeah. So you had like mysteries like that littering the entirety of history and artifacts, like of these these they call them anomalies, things that they can't explain, so they just kind of push it off to the side and hope nobody really, you know, asks any questions about it cuz they can't answer them. Mm-hmm. And when they do answer it, it's always some kind of BS response in my opinion. Yep. And I'm I, and I'm not saying that you know they don't know what they're talking about. They obviously know a whole lot about these kind of subjects. But I feel like their bias really gets in the way of dating and and labeling a lot of these these items. So, but um, it was yeah, it was more so like the artifacts and like the statues and the structures themselves more so than the culture stories of the people. You know, for example, the Egyptians, like Old Kingdom stuff. Yeah, that's interesting and stuff. But You know, the Sphinx, for an example, like how old is the Sphinx? Is it really four thousand five hundred and thirteen years old or is there evidence of it being older? And then boom, come to find out. Yeah. In fact, there is evidence of it being way more ancient than anybody could possibly imagine. And so. um, So diving into that kind of stuff was really interesting, but it opens up the question as to, okay, well, if. If these things are mislabeled and misdated, then who and when were they created? And every time you keep digging down into this, you realize that a lot of people don't know, Yep. and the dates on them continuously get pushed backwards further and further into more ancient antiquity to where we get to the point where, okay, well, are we like, for example, the Sphinx possibly being more than 12000 years old, given the water erosion we find on it, you know, who? Was capable of doing that back then, because it sure sure wasn't cavemen like our current model of history states. Cavemen couldn't have made a 60 foot statue 200 feet long out of the bedrock. Yep. And and so it asked, as asked, you ask the question, well, you know, was there another civilization that existed prior to our own? And, you know, you, you bring that up in the academic world and they'll, they'll laugh you out of the room. You're 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 crazy. You know, get get out of here. There's no evidence at all of there being a a previous civilization to us. Well, I would say that that's an extremely ignorant thing to say. Mm -hmm. For for how long humans, homo sapiens, people basically just like you and I, how long we have been on this planet is at least 200,000 years, given the academics. There's some people say 350,000, and some people say it's even older than that. But let's just stick with 200,000 years for right now. Modern humans have been existing for at least that amount of time. And for these academics to claim that for hundreds of thousands of years, they were just doing nothing. They're just roaming around, hunting animals with stone spears, and not really inventing or creating anything. Well, if these people had the same thinking comprehensive capabilities and problem-solving skills, even if it was just like a, a, a fraction of what we could think about and do today with our brains, we should expect something far greater from them than just stone spearheads. Yep. So the idea that is really starting to gain traction now with a lot of people and it needs to more people need to know about it is that humans were at one point a advanced civilization and I would argue more advanced than we are today, given what they could do with stone. I mean, if they could do all this remarkable stuff with stone, can you imagine what they could do with metal? If they had it, it's just, I mean, just the the, the magnitude of what we find in stone from the ancient world is amazing. So, So the argument that I make is, is that during the ice age, humans were a global advanced civilization. And it was not civilization and society starting nine and 10,000 years ago, but restarting from a cataclysmic event that almost made our species go extinct like it did the mammoth and the megafauna. And we are the descendants of the survivors and have forgotten all that was before and are only now rediscovering what we knew. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And, uh, when you say that, it, it reminds me of one of the videos you did about the, um, I want to say if it was Atlantis, when you, make, you, make, you bring up a good point where you were talking about, um, what was it called? I'm mean, a brain fart here. When you were talking about basically like a, you know, we were, we were smarter back then. You know, we, had, we were a more intelligent, um, what is it called, race. And mm-hmm. because of all these floods, all this stuff that happened in the earth, you brought up, you brought up a good point about um, I think you, you mentioned the Titanic and how yeah, it's eroding and a couple you know it's going to be what it happened what 1910, 1900s and yeah. how, how it's eroded already, and this was thousands of years ago, so it's possible that all their tools, like you mentioned in the video, could have just eroded, you know we will never have obviously we don't know because they're no longer there.
1: That's if it was left alone. I mean, yeah. you still have cultures existing. So if somebody sh- comes around and finds a metal shovel in the ground, they're like, I want this for my own. And by the time, you know, they're done with it, it probably doesn't look anything like a shovel anymore.
0: Yep, yep. And I, t- I told my wife about that. And I was like, think about it. I was like, really think about it. And then she was just like, oh, like, I've never thought of it in that way. I was exactly like people just brush it off because of what they learned in school or, you know, because it just never phased them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm just like, you know, that's it's... it's That's why I like following your content. i was just like, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And then one of the videos I liked about, um, well, one of the many is uh, the one where you have about Atlantis being in the Middle East and how it had like those those circular, um, what is it called? Like walls.
1: So yeah, it, it's a ring formation. It, it, its current explanation is that it's a collapsed volcanic dome. Yeah. Where the ground is upheaved into like a bubble and then collapsed and to create this ring pattern. It did did it several times to create this formation. And, you know, there's a bunch of people that say it's not Atlantis. A bunch of people say it is. I lean towards the possibility that it is. A, because remember, you remember the video of the Great Line with all the ancient structures on it?
0: Yep. Yeah, the one that was like a... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I, sure.
1: Atlantis, or excuse me, the recot structure is also on that line. So, you know, that, in my opinion, is substantial. But, you know, the, the description and dimensions Plato gives for the city of Atlantis is that it was a 127 stadia with ring island, which translates to 14 miles with a moat in the center, with another ring island, with another moat, with a circular island at its center, where the great palaces of architecture were located, where the people would bathe in natural springs of fresh, warm water. And the recot structure, also known as the Eye of the Sahara, has this exact same bullseye shape appearance and is also 14 miles across at its widest center ring. And when you find like a more zoomed out satellite image of the area, you can see these massive water streaks, one running through the desert, showing that at one point, this entire site was underwater. And also Plato states that the foundation of the city was both natural and man-made. And when you go and look at, you know, videos of people who have gone to this site, I think the one YouTube channel, uh, uh, World Alternative Media, I forget the guy's name. He went to the site, but also a guy, I think it's uh, Indie Archaeology, I want to say is his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. they went to the site and you know they climbed these rings and so when you when you're coming up to the site you see this big hill that stretches from you know left to right all the way to the horizon it's massive and then you climb up this really steep graded hill until you get to the top of it and it is dead flat in all directions until you get to the center part of the ring when it turns into another hill downward into the valley and then back up again so how could a volcano by itself create rings that are completely flat at their peaks yeah that just doesn't make sense to me yeah, it doesn't it doesn't yeah but then you also have you know the story of plato saying that you know there were mountains guarding the city from the north and what do we find we find massive mountains with with evidence of huge rivers and waterfalls that used to pour across them that Plato states were in the mountains. He says that the entrance into the, the canal system of Atlantis was to the south. And when you look at you know the Recoff structure, it has an, what looks like an opening towards the south. And then you have the, you know, people, people then go, okay, well, Plato says that it sank beneath the sea. It's like, okay, well, if you read further on, it says that it sank beneath the sea in a single day and night And the people who tried to return to the city were stopped by a barren wasteland of mud. You couldn't sail through it. You couldn't walk through it. So if no further flooding or anything else happened to this wasteland of mud, it could have the potential of turning into a desert. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I remember everyone watching that video and I was like, God damn,
1: like,
0: you know, like, this should make sense.
1: I, th- I think it does. I-, I really do think it does. And, you know, you, you get the haters out there. Believe oh, yeah, me, yeah. I-, I have plenty.
0: Of course. And I, I was going to ask you that, too. Like, that's another question I have here I have my little notebook in front of me. But what do your haters say? Like, is it people just saying like, oh, there's no scientific evidence or there's no recorded history of this? Or what is the most common thing you get basically to, I guess... Um, what is it called basically make it seem like you're lying like what what is the most common thing you get
1: uh well most the the number one thing is that i have zero evidence of there being a, ne- a previous advanced civilization and you know sure okay fine a lot of people you know say that all my sources are pseudo scientists and pseudo archaeologists i'm like okay fine uh you get you know some people just tell you you're just straight up you know stupid and you know it, it th- there's I don't know. I don't I understand some people. Sometimes they, they just, they, it's like, they don't want to think about these things. They just, they just want to accept what they were told. Yep. And that was it. And I've really never been that way. Yeah. I mean, I've always been like, okay, well, is that true? Let me, let me go look. What does this other person have to say about it? And it's not that you take that other person 100% for their word either. You base your own conclusion off of multiple sources and whichever direction you think is more likely is what you should base your opinion on. And that's what I do. But, um, as, as for the people that are just like, you know, adamant that none of this is real. You just wait. You just wait. Cause I, I cannot count how many times someone was called a pseudoscientist or, or a pseudo archeologist. And all of a sudden they came out to be correct. Like for an example, when, when they, when, uh Crap, what was the dude's name? Oh, the guy who found the KT boundary for the dinosaurs, like what made the dinosaurs go extinct. Yeah. The original model before that was that massive volcanic activity is what made them go extinct. And there was volcanic activity going on around that time period. But when uh, they found the KT boundary, that, that suggested a meteoric impact in the, into the Yucatan Peninsula. Mm-hmm. But they, th- these guys were laughed out of the room. These academics were like, this is absurd. This is so stupid. Well, 17 years later, it is now scientific fact that a meteorite hit the planet and and made a large portion of the species on this planet go extinct. And I mean, I I know there's more, but I can't think off the top of my head where I mean, like Troy, like the city of Troy, Mm -hmm. it was a fictional place. It it didn't exist. Well, come to find out Troy existed and we know where it is now these these people that think that history is 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 solid drives me crazy like the second the second you turn over that one shovel of dirt your entire model of everything you once knew would completely change because we don't know what was before until we find it Exactly, and and to go back to your to, to you know what we're talking about, look at the Titanic is like you know well there's no evidence like where where's the evidence of the machines and the tools and whatnot? It's like okay, well you know let, let me let me give you this scenario, okay? Let's imagine that an object enters the atmosphere and you know going forty four thousand miles per hour. Multiple objects, by the way, a comet is like a shotgun blast of material. Many objects hit the glacier, melting a whole bunch of water at one time and ejecting this massive black cloud into the sky of of material that completely blocks out the sun. So you get a massive heat spike initially from the heat of these objects, you know, tearing through the atmosphere. And then from the melting water that it melted from the glaciers enters into the ocean and disrupts the currents of that time, destabilizing temperatures globally. So you have the sun disappear and you have the temperatures become unstable, which would plunge the entire planet into this freezing event, which is called the Younger Dryas. It's 1,000 years of what's basically nuclear fallout across the planet. And it's during that moment in time where all of the megafauna and all these species begin really seeing population decreases. And so you have this massive freezing event. Okay. Then something abruptly brings the planet back out, out of, the, of the freezing. So you have now the glaciers continuing to melt. And as the glaciers melted, all of the weight is being released from that spot. So you have a whole bunch of tectonic plate movement going on because the whole planet is now shifting. So huge, unbelievable earthquakes and torrential rain on a, and, and hurricane winds on a scale you couldn't possibly imagine and volcanic activity. So that that happens for probably a few centuries, and while all this is happening, the oceans are slowly rising from all that water filtering under the ocean, so it rises by four hundred feet. So if we imagine that that kind of event happened to us today, civilization as we know it would completely end there wouldn't there would be no electricity, there wouldn't be anybody there to fix anything anymore because honestly, people these days are not very intelligent, given you know what they have demonstrated to us in the past few weeks, yeah um So civilization would end. So if we imagine electricity goes out, nobody can turn it back on. And all that stuff just sits there. Imagine like a broken New York goes under 400 feet of water and then just sits there for for 12,000 years. And like we said with the Titanic, give it like 500 to 1,000 more years and you won't recognize there was ever a steel boat even there. Mm -hmm. It's just disintegrating into this lump and the ocean floor is always rising from all the stuff, you know, settling to the bottom of it that would completely consume it vanishing it from the planet completely so the only thing any survivor 12,000 years from the devastation would possibly still still see from us would be whatever was still on land because they're probably not searching the oceans and keep in mind we've only searched like 8% of our own oceans exactly. so Whatever they would see would be whatever was still on land, and the only material, if it wasn't destroyed completely, that maybe might retain a glimpse of what it was before through the thousands upon thousands of years of erosion it's about to go through, would be whatever we carved from stone, like Mount Rushmore and the ruins of Hoover Dam. And all we have from our ancient past is what they carved from stone, and they are the greatest structures this planet has ever seen and has never seen again sense No, yeah, true.
0: I feel for like a skeptic that for people that are skeptics about stuff like that, it's just that comp- that what you just said right there is like, how can you go against that? Like, it's, it's obviously true.
1: Yeah, well, they'll they'll be like, oh, well, there's gonna be like radioactive material in the layer of dirt, blah blah, to, to show we were there. It's like, okay, well, that's if you're searching for it. Yeah, exactly. There will be no direct visible evidence of us that would last that amount of time if it wasn't made out of stone.
0: Yeah, yeah. So one question I had for you was, uh, have you visited any of the sites that you've, um, you've, com- you've talked about on uh, your videos or do you plan on?
1: I have not. I have been stuck in the same state for a while now without any types of funds to go do so. Hopefully one day I would love to go, you know, to the Great Pyramid and stand at the top of it. That would be amazing. Do a yeah. TikTok at the top of the Great Pyramid. Yeah. Pretty freaking dope. Um, but no, I've, I've not been to any ancient site like like that at all, unfortunately. Um, my family uh, back in like 2008, I want to say, might have been later than that, I forget. I was like 15 or so. We, My dad bought this 1960s Greyhound bus that had been converted into an RV. And we did this massive five-month trip to make a teardrop shape through the United States. So we went all the way from the East coast to the, to the edge of California and all the way back again. And, you know, looking back on it, I really wish I had the knowledge I have now because I would have looked at all of the actual places we did go to with a completely different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. it, It would be, it would definitely be cool to do that again, but yeah, I would, I would love to go to these places one day when the world stops Deciding to be on fire, um, but until then, I'm just gonna stay here and do my own thing, and hopefully, it won't come burning over here.
0: Yeah, and uh I mean, you mentioned uh, the pyramids. Is that the only spot you would want to go, or you just basically everywhere that has? Impact? Oh, dude,
1: if I could go to every single site, I would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I've uh I've traveled. I think like the only cool spot that well for me at least um i've been to petra in jordan i've seen oh nice the, 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 the what is it the treasury or i'm sorry the indiana jones everybody obviously see it well not not really everybody because nowadays people don't even know what this is but the indiana jones movies um uh it comes out in that in uh transformers mm-hmm. um i've been to that the exact spot um i think it's the first movie whenever mm-hmm. i've been there but but yeah like when I was there, like, it was just breathtaking, like, just seeing, like, these these carvings out of the rock, and it's just, like, how, it's just, it's just crazy, like, it's no other way to describe it other than breathtaking, like, you know, yeah. these civilizations did this with minimal tools, and, you know, it's just still the test of time, and it's here it is, you know, for us to see, and unfortunately, you know, with uh, the environment and stuff like that, stuff like this going to stuff like these like you know like, these ancient um, sites are just going away due to erosion um you know people just coming in and you know trying to monopolize off it and mm-hmm. you know for tourism and whatnot but but yeah no no i get you uh i want to go like i want to go see uh machu picchu that's one spot i want to go before i die machu picchu
1: like oh definitely like it like south america whew, peru
0: yeah i definitely want to go there i want to go to peru um i want to go to the easter islands you know just because of the you know um but definitely south america um and uh where else yeah just there i would want to go to stonehenge just to say i've been there but definitely machu picchu
1: yeah stonehenge is one of those ones that i think is a little overrated yeah (laughs) um I know some people have been there and they're like, yeah, it's not nearly as big as you'd expect. I mean, that, not to say that Stonehenge isn't important or nothing, but I think there's way more interesting things out there with much higher level of precision. But I mean, with Stonehenge, I mean, th- the astronomical alignments it has, you know, makes it substantial. And that, this is another thing that always kind of drives me crazy is that, you know, they, they, they say that there was no previous advanced civilization or whatnot. So how are these how are all these cultures globally across the planet in the most ancient times on the planet able to create stone monuments with a remarkable level of precision to the constellations and, and moving of the celestial bodies in the sky? If these people had just these stone tools with no real way of like preserving knowledge and information in a written way. How, how is it possible for them to know when the sun or that star is going to come up over the horizon at that spot? The amount of time it takes for the procession of the equinox to take place. Like as the planet, the planet has this tilt to it, right? And it also rotates. It's called the yeah. procession of the equinox. That only makes one degree. If you ever see a star on the horizon, 72 years later, that star will only have moved one degree. So you would have to take multiple lifetimes in order to actually predict the rest of that motion to be able to know that. And how are these people, these uneducated people able to do that? Yep. No, that's true. Oh. I'm driving crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so right now you mentioned that, like um, when I was, uh, when I was, uh, what is it called? In the Marines, we went on a on a Navy ship and we traveled all of the West, the Western Pacific, and you know we were out. I don't. I can't even tell you where it was at because I really don't know where it was on the map. But I will tell you that there was no light pollution, and man, do I tell oh, you, dude. it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. You can see everything, and you know, and I, and to this day, like I always tell my friends and you know my family, I was like, this is what the, these ancient civilizations saw. This is how they, you know, they got their uh their measurements so precise because. Everything was so clear. You know, mm-hmm. there was you know, obstructing the the night sky, you know, obviously there wasn't any electricity or any lights or whatever, just the fires that they had, but this is how they did it. Like, you know, it was just so precise that you could just literally all right, cool, right here, there we go. Like it's it's another thing too, like and you really have to go out to like the middle of nowhere, like out in the where there's no land for thousands of miles you to truly experience that because it's something that it's just breathtaking in its own.
1: You know, I think it would be really cool. I had this thought the other day with some friends is if we had a holiday to where we turned off all the lights. Yeah. Yeah. That would be super cool. Like one day, just turn all the lights off for like 30 minutes to an hour or something. Or like all like major lights that like, you know, shoot up into the sky and pollute it. Yeah. like Imagine, just imagine people's reaction to that. I mean, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has an interesting story where like, he, you know, when he first went to the planetarium or was it Joe Rogan? I can't remember. I don't know what one, one of the two. I know they both talked about it, but like he didn't believe that there were that many stars in the sky. It's it like there's no way until he finally saw it for himself one time and it was just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: and, I, and I think like for people that are, you know, that are out there listening, one way you could do this if, you know, you live near a desert drive out to the desert, it's not going to be the same, but it's going to be, you're going to see a, a big difference from, you know, a populated area with, a, you know, a lot of lights, a lot of buildings, but you versus going out to like the, you know, even the countryside, not just the desert, but just going out there and you're going to see a huge difference. Granted, not to that extent, like, you know, these ancient civilizations did, but mm-hmm. you you have an idea of, of how it is, but it's, yeah. it's something that's, I, I think everybody should, should experience. Let's see. Here. Definitely. What is, uh, let's see. So what is one subject that you don't cover? Like, is it like paranormal religion, you know, cryptozoology stuff or.
1: um, That I don't cover or won't cover.
0: Won't cover. I'm sorry.
1: Won't cover. Mm, I don't know. I haven't been asked that one. I don't know. I feel like I would investigate most stuff. But I don't know. I would say that I wouldn't cover. I don't know. I I think I would honestly, if if there was something to be shared, I would cover it. Like, I mean, if I like. I guess the flat earth thing kind of drives me nuts. (laughs) Yeah, true. Um, Not that I won't cover that. But I wouldn't cover it in a positive way. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um I mean, I won't I won't cover something that I know to be false. Let's put it that way. Like, you know, that if if I know there is like evidence, strong evidence against something, I won't I probably won't cover it. Um off the top of my head right now, I have no idea what that would be. Um but, you know, religion and spirituality stuff, I have no idea. I don't think anybody actually knows. I mean, I have my own opinions on it, but it's, I won't say it's something I wouldn't cover, though. Okay. No, I get you. I get you.
0: Now, do you, um, uh, have you ever tried delving into like paranormal stuff and how it relates to these, uh, these ancient, you know, artifacts and stuff like that?
1: A little bit, yeah. Um, not nothing in depth yet. I mean, because I mean, the amount of information I've, I've been trying to get my hands on to keep this TikTok going involving ancient stuff, I've been pretty, you know, uh, t- taking up a lot of time. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, like paranormal stuff, though, like like you know, ghosts and stuff like that, I, I feel like it would be it's a a misunderstanding. Of what somebody's actually experiencing,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: doesn't say it's not real or nothing. I've never experienced anything super paranormal or like spiritual or anything like that yet. Not gonna say I won't ever. You know, who knows? Like tomorrow, I can all of a sudden have this crazy ghost experience and I about. Yep, that was one hundred percent weird. <laughs> yeah. um, but my thing. This is kind of how I've I've thought about it with a few friends, and obviously I have no idea what I'm talking about, what I'm about to say right now. But, um. You know, we live in the third dimension and we mathematically know there are at least 10 or 11 dimensions, probably more than that. And what if a fourth dimensional being, whatever that is, was able to manipulate the third dimension in some way? So for example, if you're just sitting in your room and this fourth dimensional being, I'm going to knock over this and he like flex his finger and knocks that bookshelf book off its shelf. That person in the third dimension is going to go. That was a ghost. And maybe it was. You maybe technically, yeah, that is a ghost, or it could have just been that that book was in the wrong position and it just so happened to fall. I I don't know. Paranormal stuff is always like really hard to to say whether it is or isn't because you know you didn't. I didn't experience it, so I can't say anything about it. But who knows? It very well could be likely whether or not that it's like an actual ghost of like a departed you know, like a dead human being who's still here on this planet. I'm not too sure about that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Wasn't say, so what does your family say about like, um, you know, all this stuff that they, are your content basically, do they support you? Or are they, you know?
1: Well, my, my oldest sister thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> um, Trying to have a conversation with her is rather, rather difficult. She's, she's, you know, went to college. She's an academic person. So. Whatever, if, if it, if the person doesn't have a piece of paper stating that they're certified to talk about a subject, she won't listen to them essentially. And I'm like, okay, well, that's super close minded. Um, they, I won't say they, they like, they don't support me, but I mean, they're, they're not as interested in it as I am, obviously. They're, my dad's kind of on the page of, well, if you can make money off it, go for it. I'm like, huh, okay. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I get you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they have, like, for example, my, my one of my younger brothers, he's got pushback arguments. You know, he doesn't, uh, you know, think I know it all. And I don't expect anybody to think I know it all because I don't. But, uh, you know, I, I I call, I say that I'm practicing off him because he's always, he's always like coming back at me with like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? And it's like, but uh, so far, they've been pretty positive about it, especially now that I have 400,000 people following me. They're like, wow. Okay. That's pretty dope. I'm like, yeah. um haven't had a one-on-one conversation with somebody who has really um been against what i've been talking about though now well that's not necessarily true i would you know before getting popular with youtube and which i haven't really been you know updating a whole bunch on youtube but before getting involved with tiktok i would play overwatch you know overwatch right
0: oh yeah i do oh yeah
1: love me some overwatch but um when I would get tired of playing, I would just make a lobby, and I would title it "This Information Will Shatter Your Reality," and people would come in, and we, I would just you know sit there and talk with people five at a time for sometimes a few hours on end, and you know people are really positive to it. You know, I way more people are way more interested than people are not. But you get those people in there that are arguing against you a lot, and it's clearly that a lot of them don't know what they're talking about, honestly, but. It is it is it is fun to uh duel against yeah. people basically troll them
0: yeah okay. that's cool now um so what is like let's see here was is... so out of all these things that you've covered like in your uh in your videos I've noticed that aliens slash you know higher beings um are pretty much common in for the most part, all the videos, um,
1: and all my videos,
0: well, not like all your videos, but like you, when you talk about them, like basically it boils down to like higher civilizations and basically being aliens in a sense.
1: Well, this is how I would connect it be to be aliens. Um, so, you know, if there was an advanced civilization during the Ice Age and they saw the destruction coming, like, you know, they, a comet is not something you miss. You know, you look up in the sky, it's like, that's coming for us. Yeah. You know, if they were advanced enough, who's to say that they didn't escape the planet? Like, they, they got their Elon Musk of the time and they, you know, they built an ark and shot a bunch of people out into space to go live somewhere else, and say, the closest habitable planet that they knew about. So, the planet gets hit, 3,000 years go by, and that, you know, people that escaped eventually gain the capability of coming back to the planet, and they find nothing but a barren wasteland of what was before, along with the descendants of the survivors, who are Stone Age people now, with no memory of what was before, only these myths that their ancestors have been passing down for thousands of years of the time before. These primitive people have also adopted the ruins of the previous civilization and have built around and on top of these scars, leaving their fingerprints on them, like the pyramids in Giza. So if we imagine an ancient group of people standing there in Egypt as a ball of light emerges from the sky and two people walked out and start talking with them, they would absolutely believe that those were some of the gods from their myths or some kind of angel. Mm hmm. And the word angel translates from Hebrew as messenger and angels come from the heavens and heaven has been depicted as up by thousands of cultures for thousands of years in their art and writing. And up is also the direction of space. So by definition, angels are extraterrestrials. And if this group of people who fled the planet long ago have been separated from our genetic code for 12,000 years up until present day, while traversing space and time, they would absolutely start to show genetic differences from us, I would even say, alien. Yeah. yeah. That's true, because
0: I've seen a lot of the videos uh, that you posted. It's uh, A lot of these civilizations, they, like, they depict... <laughs> Similarities, like uh, one of them being uh, most recent one that I saw was like a bag, like holding a bag.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, I want to say it was ancient Egypt, and what was the other one? It was one of your most recent videos.
1: It's uh from the uh, Sumerians in Mesopotamia. Yep. Yep. They also, it's also in uh, the Mayan culture. Yep. In South America, this this depiction of a bag. Yeah, I'll just like you know that's.
0: And it is crazy how like in that one video where you posted like all those uh sites that are on that line and it's just like mm, like how are all these similar? Like
1: how do you know
0: how's it possible that you know they all have similar stuff like coincidence? I don't know, you know. Yeah,
1: and all of those depictions with the bag are all on or on most of those sites on that line. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So for people, you know, who like your content, you know, who else can they follow that, you know, you get your info from? Obviously, you already mentioned the professor. Um, I've seen that on your videos. You post Discord links, you know, to join the discussions and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Who is, you know, who, who are people that you follow, basically? Um,
1: uh, I love me some Randall Carlson. Okay. Randall Carlson is a genius. The, the amount of information that dude knows is is remarkable, especially when it comes to geology and and cataclysmic events and, and, uh, and um Sacred geometry is is really a set of his. His podcast is Randall Carlson or Geocosmic Rex. Um, Got a shout out for Bright Insight. Bright Insight is is one of the first guys that I started watching when it came into like advanced civilization stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, Bright Insight, uh, Uncharted X on YouTube. Another really really good creator, Brian Forrester F O. F-O-R-E-S-T-E-R. is how you spell his last name. Um, Off the top of my head. uh, The work of Christopher Dunn in Egypt. His book, um, uh, Power Plant Egypt. Really good. Got to read that. Um, I know there's more. Uh, Preen. What was this dude's name? Let me me make sure I get his name right. It's it's, uh, Preen... Uh, praveen mohan he's a guy who goes through a bunch of these ancient indian structures like um like Mo um, angkor wat and preva Hare and those kind mm-hmm. of places and he shows a bunch of stuff pre uh praveen mohan p-r-a-v-e-e-n-m-o-h-a-n he's got some really good stuff um Obviously, Graham Hancock. A lot of people really don't like Graham Hancock, though. You bring up the name Graham Hancock, and they immediately stop listening to you. I'm like, okay, well, that's your loss. <laughs> um, mm, that's what I can think off the top of my head right now.
0: Okay. Um, Now, I know you have your uh, your YouTube. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast?
1: I have, but... It's one step at a time at this point, right now. I'm, I really need to get back onto the YouTube stuff and start posting there. But honestly, YouTube is not looking too bright. Its future is not looking too bright right now. So, um, I probably would eventually make a podcast. I would have to. I just don't know how I would go about doing that yet. I mean, obviously you have Anchor, is the podcast channel you you use, but um. I really feel like I would get on there and I would be, I would be like, all right, what am I supposed to talk about? Uh, <laughs> Obviously there's a lot still to talk about, but.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of stuff and I'm telling you, like what you're following on TikTok, all you got to do is like, Hey, you know, just start this uh, podcast and uh, go on and follow it. I mean, the the app that I use or the provider podcast hosts, it's anchor and it's free. So mm-hmm. that, that's how I like, I was literally like, just like, I wanna start a podcast and I just YouTube a couple videos and pretty much came to the consensus like well this is the one that's always in the it's pretty much the, the one that's talked about the most and I just that's how that's how I started. But gotcha. yeah, I definitely think you should start one. Um just on the side, you know, just after you make a TikTok, just stay, you know. I just finished making a TikTok, stuff like that, but to each his own. Um I was to say, How are your chickens? I remember you had you had your little chicken coop. That you were starting- oh yeah.
1: They're getting fat. Getting big and fat. Um they're not my chickens, they're my parents' chickens. Okay. And uh, I mean, so far they're doing great. Nothing's eaten them yet, so <laughs> that's, that's that's good. I don't know if they started laying you eggs yet. But we'll see when that starts happening. Did you but,
0: uh, did you bring any with you in your new place, or is that did you stay back home with your parents?
1: Oh, that's all no, I'm I'm not gonna have no chickens here. Absolutely not. Uh, uh people who deal with chickens will understand that they are they are messy creatures oh yeah cleaning out the chicken coop is the most fun ever
0: yeah i used to uh when i was younger um well i grew up in los angeles so just imagine we literally had a farm uh at one point my uncle used to fight roosters and uh i used to be the one that used to go into all these uh homemade cages and scoop all the poop out and yeah it was
1: yeah super fun stuff and the chicken dust
0: Oof. yeah exactly and I'm. I'm gonna say I do not miss you know them singing in the morning you know just that rooster just yeah no
1: no thank you. (laughs) But no, chickens are fun. They're they're really fun to watch, derpy creatures. Yeah, like uh, what's that like for Moana? That that chicken, what's his name? Oh
0: yeah,
1: it's a pretty good representation of their mentality and capabilities. Yeah, pretty derpy. So where do you see yourself um going
0: with this uh, the platform you have on right now on TikTok? Do you wanna expand it more or like uh I always tell my friends like that the, you know that they're so into uh what is it called? Basically when they're focused on something like you know, what is your what is your goal? Like do you want to go on TED Talks? Do you want to have like your own uh um show or what what is something that you're trying to trying to do?
1: Uh i don't know i mean it, it, if something comes up i'll definitely take it but uh, as of right now i'm just just you know doing it day by day at this point um it would be really cool to have a show yeah. like some kind of show where like i got paid to go all across the planet and visit these visit all these sites that would be freaking dope 100 percent and you know you get people you know, be like you need to have a tv show i'm like well i mean i'm 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 completely un, <laughs> not in control of that at yeah. all. Yeah. So you gotta have the funds. Yeah. But uh, probably where I'll go from here is you know, keep posting on TikTok as much as I can. But people really want me to make longer videos on YouTube, and I'm like, okay. And you know, I still have a you know, eight-hour job I got to do every day, on top of you know life. Exactly. Life, so. Finding time to to do this kind of stuff is is can be difficult. But I mean, if it if it became a job, that would be pretty freaking dope. But uh, I gotta gotta make that happen though, if I want it to happen. <laughs> so, I get you. Now,
0: I understand where you're coming from with that because just even, I mean, granted, all it takes for a podcast is hit record and that's it. But I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, you know, like questions. You know, setting up equipment and whatnot, finding the right time for people they're trying to interview and stuff like that. So how how long is or how would I say this? How long does it usually take you, you know, as far as in uh gathering information, um you know, uh to present a a video on TikTok. Like
1: well the the earlier videos I was able to pump them out pretty quickly because it was really just literally off the top of my head. But as I get into like the more Knit and gritty stuff of like having to like search for dates and and measurements and all this kind of stuff. It really takes a decent amount of time, especially if you have to continuously re like refilm the TikTok because you said something wrong or you gave the wrong number. So, I mean, uh, it probably takes like an hour to make one 60 minute TikTok. So, when people are like, you should make longer videos, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you don't understand.
0: Yeah, Yeah, like the one we talked about, the the, the scale of the pyramid to the equivalence of the planet. I was just like, how did he do that all in one shot? Like, I was like, God, help him. Like, cause I know you like on TikTok, he has like a pause button. I'm just like, I wonder how many times he had to hit that and, you know, delete that video just because it's.
1: Well, what's great is that you don't have to like press it and then press it again. Is if you hold it down, it'll just record until you let go again. Yeah. So, but I mean, there, there's a lot of times where it's like you're gonna, you get towards the end of it and you don't have enough time to finish it. So you have to restart it and talk faster. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of how that works.
0: Yep. Well, coming towards the end of this now. So this is going to be the last question I have for you. So what is a message that you want to be known um, to the public or people that, you know, just basically follow you?
1: Like, Yeah, it is time for us to wake up and find the truth of our human species.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a powerful message. You know? But can you give us uh, your uh, social media accounts just so everybody could, for uh, new listeners, um, my friends and my listeners, so that way they, they know where to find you at?
1: Definitely. It's a um, phantom universe. The O in phantom is a zero, and the I in universe is a one with an underscore between the words. And it's the same way on all platforms.
0: Okay. And uh, like I said, like he mentioned, he does not have a, a podcast, um, but he does have YouTube and, and uh, TikTok. And I suggest you guys go on there and, you know, look at his stuff and just follow him. You know, it's pretty interesting stuff. And to say, and uh, I guess in modern slang, it's one of those, those pages where, you know, Rivas, is, he's woke, so to speak, you know, because... <laughs> It brings it brings stuff into perspective. Like, wait a minute, hold up. Like, this stuff does make sense. You know, obviously, you know, this is not from a book, but thinking, you know, using your noggin for a little bit, this makes more sense than what's on that book. But
1: yeah, my whole thing was is like, I'm not, I'm not a professional. I'm not certified by the academic world to have an opinion on this. I guess you could say. But um, my whole thing is that I wanted to let everyone know that there is an alternative way of thinking about history and that I do think it makes way more sense than a lot of the stuff we were taught growing up and way more people need to know about it. And people are clearly hungry for it because I have 400,000 people following me right now and it's always going up. It has not stopped. So get out there, do your own research, you know, question things, question everything. If you're not questioning things, you are but a robot in the cog of society. Mm-hmm. True, true,
0: true. But all right, Rivas. So I just want to say thank you um, for you know taking the time out of your day. I know you were just you're moving. Um, I saw it on your uh, your TikTok videos, you know. Um, but I do want to say I appreciate you coming on here, and, you know, sharing with me. And I didn't really think we were gonna respond to at first. At what's it called when I first sent you that that uh or I commented on one of your photos. I was like, you know what? Hey, let me give it a try. You know, um, I like this guy's content. It'll be pretty cool, you know, for people that, you know, follow me to look at his videos and be like, Hey, like this should make sense. You know, cool. You know? So I appreciate taking, you taking your time, like I said, and uh, hope to have you you know, on in the near future.
1: Definitely, bro. It's been a pleasure.
0: But with that being said, man, like I said, thank you. And uh, I hope everything go, goes good for you and your, Your content and you know your TikTok growing and hopefully you do make a podcast. You know, let me know. Um, But I
1: will definitely let you know.
0: But thank you once again. Thank you. No problem. So
1: been good.
0: have, Have a good one, bro.
1: You too. All right, man. Take care.